When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app, Red Circle, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, also the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit like, subscribe, and turn the notifications on there. Also, check us out on Off the Floor. That is our direct to your phone text service. You get texts from all four of us with updates, uh, analysis, and more special Q&As contests. And it's just $3.05 a month. So skip Twitter for a day and you'll still get your information on the Miami Heat. So go to winnow.app backslash off the floor. Also, check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, our guy Mark Brown. You can find him at markbrownpa. That's markbrownpa.com. If you have a family, you need an estate plan. Make sure your money goes to the right place. Our guy Mark, big Miami Heat fan. Uh, You can find him up in the Cypress Creek Andrews area, up in sort of North Lauderdale, which is going to become a very famous area. Little neighborhood now that Messi's uh, moving in that way. So check him out at markbrownpa.com. He can get to help you get an estate plan. But additionally, uh, he's a real estate attorney. He's got a title company right there in-house. If you need your closing done, Mark can get it done for you. And also, it certainly helps when you're doing an estate plan, have somebody who knows how to handle real estate. Since that is most people's, uh, that is what most people you know want to make sure goes to the right place. You don't want somebody moving in uh, who you didn't even know. Go to markbrownpa.com. And now... Today's episode. Down the bitch gang. Yikes. Uh, five on the floor. Ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing. You can check the score. Hustle hard. Couple scars. Wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buffett said, you in trouble, y'all. Check the floor plan. Got an all band. Y'all seen the block. Stop in one hand. And Pat, we trust. It's power. Have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I'm Ethan Skolnick. You can follow me at Ethan J. Skolnick at Five Reasons Sports. I've got Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. Brady Hawk, you can follow Brady Hawk 305. Greg Sylvander, you can follow at Greg Sylvander. Make sure you check out the episode that Greg and I just did where we look for historical precedents for a Dame trade for the Miami Heat because there are a lot of examples there. Um, not everything matches up, but in each of their sort of big acquisitions, particularly the ones where they are scavengers or Pat Riley goes and gets the guy who's not happy in a certain place, whether it's by free agency or by trade, there is some kind of parallel to this Dame situation. And in most cases, it should make you feel pretty good about this ultimately getting done because the Heat are handling this in the way that they've handled a lot of situations, which is, we're going to wait it out. We're going to wait it out, and ultimately, we're going to get our guy. We talked about Alonzo Mourning. Uh, in that case, 
Zoe turned down an extension from Charlotte on November 3rd, November 3rd, and then was traded to the Miami Heat, even though the Heat had been monitoring that situation. Of course, Pat Riley was in charge then, and he is in charge now. Um, but we're going to start here today. We're going to get into what if – well, there's two ways to play this. One is what if this just takes forever, which, again, Greg and I addressed a little bit, but what are sort of the tac, you know, the tactile repercussions of that, okay? Uh, and also, I mean, what if the Heat are taking the team they basically have now into training camp? What, what is that going to look like? Uh, if the Dame trade is not done by then. So I'm going to start here, guys, with excerpts. We appreciate Drew Starr. If you follow him on Drew underscore Star on Twitter, I don't believe everything he tweets because sometimes he's just trolling you, but uh, sometimes he's providing sort of valuable information to Heat fans here, uh, often is. Um, and so here he was cribbing an article from Sam Amick from The Athletic. Uh, we've had Sam on the pod. I can tell you about Sam. He's an insider. Uh, he is someone that um, I know has the respect of the Heat organization, um, so he's not one of those that I feel is he's not carrying water for the heat, but also he's a bit more balanced, I think, than some of the insiders for that reason. Those who don't have any contacts inside the heat organization. So here's a little piece of this um, from Amex article today uh, and the athletic, which you should subscribe to, but we're just going to crib it. Uh, that's where the slow pace of the heat blazers talks has made it even harder to reach a deal point. Miami has already missed out. On so many affordable free agents who might have come its way had the Lillard edition already been made, like Torian Prince, for example, before he went to the Lakers. And we've talked about others here. This is me stepping aside, Malik Beasley. There were others who uh, maybe Miami might have gotten in on here. In light of that, this is more from Amex article, there's even greater internal interest in retaining as many role players as possible. I think it's the first time I've seen an insider actually give the Heat's perspective. <laughs> I feel it's always, it's always Cronin's perspective. Uh, as has as has been widely reported, a Heat deal would likely include Tyler Hero, who would likely go to a third team, and Duncan Robinson. Uh, Greg, what do you take just from Amic putting that out there? It's super interesting uh, that we are hearing continuously, whether it be Haynes, Shams, Amic now, as I'm going down the timeline, it looks like we can kind of start counting on Duncan Robinson being a part of this as um, and that's something that I think we've kind of haggled over as heat nation. Like, will it be Duncan and hero or would it be Lowry and hero? It's sounding like it's going to be Duncan, which that's, that's a development to me. We are advancing something here by that coming out. Cause I trust Amic as, as you say, he's not blindly talking about the Miami heat. That's not what's taking place. Right. I also think the idea of retaining as many internal players as possible, like y'all keep me honest if this is not how y'all absorb that information, but that very much sounds like the Jovich, Hakez, Caleb Martins, like they're, they want the guys around them and they basically want hero to provide the draft equity to get the deal done. And maybe we are now seeing where the sticking points lie. And I'm reading between the lines a bit and I'm connecting some dots, but that's kind of how I lean on this um, in terms of um, reading it. it. And it makes a ton of sense because the heat are going to be so top heavy that there is an element of this, that like, you know, we polled our fans on off the floor and on Twitter about, would you rather keep Caleb or the two young guys? And really financially, there's no, case to be made to not keep the younger players and i think maybe that's a sticking point here 
But ultimately, I still think it's going to get them. They'll come to a middle ground. But it's an interesting just reinforcement. And now I think just people, as they crank up the trade machine, uh, I think Duncan and Tyler need to be – we need to be really thinking about that, which changes, and we'll talk about this later, what the hell this could look like if it happens and Duncan and Hero are gone along with Max Struess and the shooting is basically – you're back to square one. I want to read one more um, excerpt here. Uh, Cronin was known – Joe Cronin, of course, general manager of the Portland Trailblazers – Cronin was known to be spending summer league getting a fuller understanding of the market for Lillard, which we said would likely happen in Vegas, including among teams that might make a play for him despite his well-known Miami wishes. But the pressure will grow in the coming months when the spotlight surrounding Lillard and Harden brightens yet again, and their impatience inevitably grows along the way. The reason Amick's mentioning Harden is because part of his article uh, was about the fact that James Harden still wants out of Philadelphia, even though uh, there've been some reports that they may be able to patch that up. And he wants specifically to go to the Clippers. Um, which is funny, and I find this kind of interesting, uh, that I haven't really heard anybody criticizing James Harden for that, even though Harden is basically asked out of, what, four places now. And yet the criticism seems to be coming on Dame, and I wonder if James Harden was saying only Miami and Dame was saying only the Clippers, if that might be reversed. But anyway, that's just a thought there. Uh, <laughs> I'll go to you on this, Brady, because you're shaking your head. Do you think it would be? I don't know, but it's really similar because it – didn't the original Harden thing say Clippers and Knicks? But, like, the Knicks have never been brought up again, just like the Nets haven't really been brought up again for Lillard. So, like, they threw that second team in the mix, but the second team was really never in the mix, it feels like. So it's pretty similar. But there's totally different perspective on it just because of the fact that one guy's done it six times and one guy's never done it and he's stayed loyal, which you'd think it would be the other way around, but it's not. But if 100%, if, if Harden said only Miami and it was flipped, and it was uh, we're talking about Dame going to play with Paul George and Kawhi. Yeah, I don't think he'd be this be talked about the fact that there's no way he should have said at least seven teams on his list and shouldn't have just said the Clippers. There's no way that's going to happen. So I don't know. That's just it's just a weird dynamic that we're never going to understand. We're going to keep harping on this one point. Yeah, and I mean the Knicks are like, if anybody's ever seen that that meme of uh, of Fifty Cent when Floyd Mayweather started talking about, it, he's like, what do you? What the f you bringing me into this? Is that's the Knicks? Like everybody just brings the Knicks in. The Knicks are not going after anybody. But it's just all of a sudden the Knicks get thrown into everyone. Uh, not yet, as anyway. It's sort of this counter. Um, <laughs> so Alex, let's uh, before we pivot to where this may go if this doesn't end up happening. Are you? Do you do you think the Heat should harden their position because the Blazers have actually made things more difficult on them as they haven't taken this seriously? Because it's look, it's one thing if Corona wants to try to train him someone else and there's other options and he's vetting offers, it does not appear that that's actually occurring. Like maybe Philadelphia, maybe, but there's not, it's not like he's got a list and he's saying that he, okay, I, I want to send him where you want to, he wants to go. But you know, once you, but, but look, I'm looking at all these offers. Give me time to, there doesn't appear to be anything else. So if you're the heat, like, it seems like, you know, you're saying, look, you're not taking a serious, not taking the serious situation seriously enough. Now we're not doing what we were going to do before. Yeah, I mean, this kind of the corner that the Blazers have put themselves in. Or, I mean, it's not all they're doing. Of course, Dame is the one who asked for the one team, so it's just kind of a product of where they're at. But because of that, because of the Heat kind of knowing that these other offers aren't there, even though the ringer wants them to be, you know, every every team is putting up their best possible offer, according to a lot of media members. But in, in reality, it, that doesn't seem to be the case. And I think... 
because of that, the Heat are in a position now where they've kind of dug themselves so deep into this as the front runners, knowing the position of leverage that they're kind of operating from, that they can do they, they they can afford to do this. And I think, especially, you know, you mentioned at the top of the show um, what Sam Amick said about uh, kind of other free agents um, departing for other places that they were uh, maybe interested in, like Atorian Prince. Uh, we've heard a lot of shooting involved, right? Like Landry Shamit, Malik Beasley, Dario Saric. Um, I guess you could even throw Sadiq Bey into there. Like a lot of these names that have been thrown around, right, I think all have to do with shooting in one way or another, which would kind of, um, I think it makes sense as to why Duncan is in the deal, right? It, it kind of connects those two things. And in reality, I just think, you know, it is what it is. The Heat have dug themselves so deep into the situation that they're going to keep playing hardball. And maybe it takes one more asset, like you said on the last show, Ethan. But I don't know. Like I, I think we're going to be in this little, you know, area that we're in right now for a, a longer while here. All right, so if we're going to be in this area for a longer while, we need to discuss the possibility that we're in this area all the way until training camp. So we're going to do that. We do want to tell you about Ocean's Finest. You can find them at oceansfinest.com. Get the same premium seafood that's delivered to the best cruise lines and also to the best restaurants, the five-star restaurants in the Miami, South Florida area. Now you can get it delivered directly to your door, lobster, crab, mahi-mahi, shrimp, and more. If you saw what our guy Alfredo Arteaga did with it, uh, you'll definitely want to get some. You'll also probably want to reach out to Alfredo. Uh, oceansfinest.com. Go to oceansfinest.com. Again, this is the good stuff, and you get it fast. You get it fast, and it's prepared in such a way uh, that it will last a long time for you. So go out to oceansfinest.com. Again, oceansfinest.com, and get the best seafood. Get it delivered directly to your door. Also check out better edge. That's our betting partner. You can find them at betteredge.com. That's with an O $20 to play. When you use the code five RSN, this is legal sports betting. That's right. Correct. Legal. You don't have to wait for any state rulings or anything like that. You can go directly to betteredge.com. And again, use the code five RSN. There's plenty to bet right now. I know there's no NBA, uh, but you can still get in there on WNBA. You can get in there on MLB uh, and more as we go forward. Obviously we'll be building into the NFL season. So go to betteredge.com. Use the code 5RSN, and again, this is legal sports betting. All right, so now let's address, I mean, the possibility that we we kind of have put this one off. Um, I think because, A, I don't think this is what's going to ultimately happen, um, but we have to reserve the possibility that, you know, Cronus is going to be stubborn. We're going to take him to camp and say, okay, you know, if you want to sit out, you can sit out. Do you really want to do that to your fans here in Portland? And maybe, I, I guess, I don't even know what the purpose would be, but to try to turn public opinion more against Dame. Um, but also, you know, I, I think part of it would be to if, if he doesn't have somebody else to trade him to by training camp, because if he does, he, he would try, you would think, then, it, then really the purpose is just to put the Heat in an uncomfortable position where then they say, mm-hmm. okay, fine. Okay, fine. Here, we'll give you all the young pieces. We'll give you, you know, and then Cronin can say that he won. Um, but Greg, if, if we, if we get to that point and Tyler hero is still on the roster and Kyle Lowry is still on the roster and Duncan Robinson is still on the roster. And then you've got your last two first round picks who are on the roster, but they don't really know what their future is or who they're playing for. Yeah. Uh, it's not ideal. I mean, it, it is kind of the last card that Cronin can play to force the heat to ante up more. Yes. And I think that ultimately that's the clock that will tick that, um, could 
eventually provide Portland with enough leverage to get Miami to just budge enough to get this done because that's when it ends up when you look at Miami and Portland from my perspective, Miami has a lot more to lose in this situation. Like there's another year you're coming off a finals appearance, Jimmy and Bam are still here and you're going to be bringing back any, I, I can't use any other word, but like disconnected group of players because like everyone's been sitting around waiting for this to happen. It's been so widely publicized. Nobody is denying anything. There's been no rebuttals put out via statements about guys being involved in trades. It is what it is. So for them to come back, yes, they are professionals. And I think that we should all acknowledge that they're professionals. But if we're talking about it being a group of players that are going to be better than the sum of their parts and get as connected of a unit as you need to be to be a playoff contender, finals contender, championship contender. I just think that that's a, that's a big ask for these guys. They're human beings. And that's the one, that's the worst case scenario is that this comes back as is because everybody knows where everybody's heads at. And so that's where I think we start to see the pendulum swing just a bit um, where Miami says, okay, you get Jovich, leave mm. us alone. Or like <laughs> you get Hawkes, leave us alone. Right. Um, and they, you know, maybe that's what gets it done. Uh, there's also a lot of talk of if the Heat can get a specific pick for Tyler Hero, a 2025 unprotected pick, that it would basically allow them to unlock four of their own picks to send over there. So that's, I think Miami may try to look at what can we do to get creative to just make this more about draft capital and less about giving you our young players and seeing if that's the other way of incentivizing Portland to get this done. You make it sound like it's a divorce. You're like, just take the couch. Just fine. I don't need it. I'll, I'll sleep on the floor in the living room. It's okay. Uh, I feel like, I feel like that's where this situation is headed. Uh, but the Tyler hero thing to look, Duncan, I feel like he's been traded for the last three years. Yeah, he's right. I I don't think I mean, and again, Duncan's skill set is such that whether he's here or he's somewhere else, he may not be used exactly the same way or as creatively somewhere else. But I mean, he's a plug and play guy. He's a shooter. I mean, you plug and play him in a certain system. So if he goes somewhere else, it's like, okay, we have Duncan Robinson and now we're going to add him to our rotation and he's going to be our shooting specialist. But the Tyler Hero thing is where this, and I will get to Kyle in a second because that's a whole different dynamic. But but Alex, the the Tyler Hero thing is problematic because if you're keeping him after again after he's heard all this, after it's gotten to kind of social media, you know, you know, we've talked for a while about how Tyler has been telling people he's going to get traded. We even know, I even know he has a preference among the places that he could potentially get traded. I know the people around him do, and that preference is Brooklyn. Okay. So, you know, not that he wants to get traded. That's not what I'm saying. Okay. And I've heard he's been cooperative when in dealing with the heat and all that. So I don't want, there's nothing negative here about Tyler, but I'm just saying like, he, he's not just plug and play. Like literally the whole first half of the season was our discussion about whether it was working with him in the starting lineup, even though he was playing well. So like, what do you do? If you're exposed, you got Tyler hero back on your roster, you just plug him back at the two spot because he's not, I mean, your offense is going to be built in some ways around him. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if we're talking about a scenario, which 
I'm a big fan of this topic in general, you know, for, for my purposes of counterbalancing uh, the jinx energy on the show. I, I really do think if you get to that point where Dame is not here, you struck out, worst case scenario happens, he ends up somewhere else because there's no way in hell he's going, he's showing up at Portland for training camp. Um, I think you have to start Tyler again. Like they've already said before, plenty of times he's a pillar for them. He's a part of their core. And I think, you know, it, it, it's just an awkward situation. By no means is it ideal. By no means is, is it what anybody wants. But if you're in that scenario, if things didn't go your way, you absolutely have to start Tyler again. Like I, I think he showed you that he was good as a starter, um, took some more, you know, took some more steps, showed a little more growth as a starter there. And I think that's kind of been the trend year after year. He's grown a little more into his game. So all of this, you know, where, where we talk about Tyler getting traded is because any of us think he's bad or anything like that. I, I do think he he kind of proved that he's a starter level player in this league. And we all were, you know, very confident throughout the season that he was their third best player. Like it wasn't even really a debate. Then, you know, this weird playoff run happens, this weird, magical, incredible playoff run happens. And, a lot of role players kind of took turns being that third or fourth best player, right? Gabe, Caleb, Lowry, Kevin Love, Duncan Robinson, Max. And now I think the value that Tyler has shown throughout the years and specifically this past season has kind of been forgotten a bit. Like the guy, you know, he's a three-level scorer for them. We all want him to do a little bit more at the rim, get to the free line more, but he's good. I think there's no way in hell that they wouldn't start him if they were kind of back in that scenario. It's just, you know the way that it's, you know, gone so far, it's, it's just awkward. Like everybody knows that he would have been out the door, but you know, to play devil's advocate against what I'm saying here, which might get confusing for people listening. He's done this every summer. Like when you think about it, he's kind of been in trade rumors in one way or another every summer. Now that doesn't mean he was put on the table every summer by the actual heat front office. But when you Okay, well, I, I understand where Alice is going there. So he just lost the mic there for a second. Brady's talked about that, that idea that, He's dodged everything. Um, but here, this is a good point. I'm going to credit Greg on this uh, in our chat. Chris Haynes reported that Jimmy Butler asked for Dame Lillard. You don't, you don't have to say he said trade Tyler Hero. You know what that means. <laughs> the only way they were going to get Dame Lillard was to trade Tyler Hero. It's not – Jimmy's aware of that, okay? okay. Jimmy's, Jimmy's agency is aware of that. So that's different. I mean, it's like, it's always, we talked about, are they, is he Jimmy okay trading Dragic? I mean, we know he was to get his best buddy, Kyle Lowry, right? Like as close as they were, we know he was. Um, Goran though is, if it hadn't ended up happening, Goran is a, you know, mid thirties grizzled vet who's been through everything. I don't think Goran would have taken offense to that. He probably would have made a joke about it in the locker room. Tyler, I can understand if he would get in his feelings a little bit about that, right? So that that makes this worse. I mean, it's a tough position to be in if you're Tyler when you're you're called to be inside this core, but you always feel like you're on the outside looking in. Like it's just a tough position for a young guy like that that has the talent that he does. Uh, and I think that's why when we talk about certain locations for him, if this deal was to go through, it's like there's certain like a Brooklyn is a great situation for him. It feels like with a play in a system around a bunch of young guys that would make him. Uh, kind of a focal point of things but 100% like you're talking about these things like the fact that Jimmy's going in there I'm Bam's involved obviously in discussions because of the fact that we see him being close with Dame and all that stuff the front office as you said before has shut down other trade possibilities where they come out and say well no we're not trading Tyler that's that we were never going after Donovan Mitchell we were never going after this 
this is too far in now. Like now it's like, there's no, there's no putting that statement out and, and having that conversation. Like everybody's aware of what the situation is. Uh, and then the fact that if we keep hearing Tyler and Duncan being in the mix, it, the, <laughs> those are literally the two guys that have been involved in this the most. Uh, so yeah, the, it's going to be awkward in terms of if you walk into training camp and you have those guys sitting around and you have to, the weird part about it is Miami thrives in like a total buy-in. Like you talk about training camp being as tough as, as ever. And everything is about like, you have to be so bought into everything that Miami does. And that's what makes their culture what it is. Are you really going to get a total buy-in at that point after all that this is all these discussions that you've had? Like, it's just a really weird position to be in, but as much Preach. as we talk about it being awkward, is it more awkward for, these guys to walk into Miami training camp or Dame to walk into Portland training camp? Like, I don't know which one is more awkward. Is Dame even, would he even walk into Portland training camp? Like, would that even be a thing? So I think both of those things can be said at the same time. And that kind of falls into this whole trade discussion. All right. So before we get to Lowry, because that, that brings up an interesting point here. Okay. Um, <laughs> first thing, we know where the media would go. The media wouldn't care about what's happening in Miami, the national media. So the focus would be in Portland. The focus would be on Dame Watch in Portland. Okay, is he going to be in camp or is he not? And then this comes into it. So then the leverage game becomes what does Dame do? Because if Dame, see, if I'm Aaron Goodwin, I tell Dame, okay, screw your reputation at this point, sit camp. Because that's the only way you're going to force the Blazers' hand because otherwise the leverage shifts to the Blazers' because the heat are trying to win something this year and they're going to have buy-in problems in their own camp. And that's to me. And that's, I think where we've come here, this is the last card that Cronin has to play. The card that Cronin has to play is the heat don't really want to be in training camp with a bunch of guys who know that they either were going to be gone or could still be gone. Especially because their core player. I mean, you're talking about, we'll get pivot to Lowry. Now you're talking about three Two potential starters? Yeah. Maybe even three potential starters. You're risking you're risking completely blowing a season and it won't even matter. That's that is on the table for a group that's not completely bought in. Like you it can't happen. Like we're so far down the line here, Ethan, that like I just can't emphatically say it enough that the heater eventually I think going to need to just bite the bullet and get this done, or maybe Portland like bites the bullet and they just accept it. Because at some point here, we have to acknowledge like that you are not going to be able to position this to anybody with any level of coherent thinking that like they can just go on as an organization and a team and act like they can be connected enough to do anything real. Like, like just stop with that. It's no matter how much Eric says, which he's going to say, we're all professionals and, and we're here for the competition. You know, it's always, there are different challenges in every training camp. I mean, I can already, I can already hear it. You know, you know, I don't know if he'll quote Jay Cole again with beauty and the struggle, but he'll find something. He'll find something. Okay. That, that tries, but, but nobody's going to believe it um, in, in the same way that it, you know, training camp in the Bahamas last year, where he was, you know, pressed on the fact that players seem to be showing more ambition than usual, which we were kind of talking about yurt and Oladipo and Hero and guys who kind of made their, made their prefer and Lowry, guys who kind of made their preferences known, which you don't really hear around the heat usually. And Eric tried to spin that as a positive, but nobody who was actually there believed it was a positive, and it wasn't. Uh, we, saw, we saw how clunky things were for the first few months of the season, and this would be, this would be much, much worse. But with that being said, like, again, I, I, the fan, I don't know how the fan base could have a problem with the heat 
dragging is at this point, like you said, they have to. Like this is a point of no return. There's nothing else. You don't pivot to Zach Levine now. Like this is your hell no. You're 97 percent of the well, way there, and and also you don't want to be the organization if you're the Heat, which. And I do recommend everybody listens to our last episode. If you're the Heat, which has won so many times in these transaction games by having the stronger hand, or at least turning a weaker hand into a stronger hand because of their kind of persistence, okay, and their ability to, you know, in the staring contest, Pat wins usually, okay, and the Heat win usually. If you blink for Joe Cronin after you've come, this is oh. not blinking for Sam Presti or or Masai Ujiri or. Danny Ainge or, you know, somebody who has a track record of winning these kind of negotiations. This guy's a relative neophyte who honestly hasn't done anything. He said he was going to try to go do it would so be far. one of the most embarrassing L's ever. It, it, it would be awful. It, it would, it would be awful. All right. So let's, right, I got one more sponsor I want to mention, and then we're going to get to the Kyle Lowry thing. And then we've got a couple of small items uh, that I want to take care of here. I do want to mention prize picks. That's our fantasy sponsor, our daily fantasy sponsor. Use the code five F I V E. Get that initial deposit matched props up there. Messi's debut coming up for, uh, I have been told that is going to be on prize picks. If you want to play that again, use that uh, code five F I V E get that initial deposit matched up to a hundred dollars. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences. You'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, real quick here. Kyle Lowry is the starting point guard for the Miami Heat if he's not traded as of the moment, right, Brady Hawk? 
Uh, I don't know. Could we? Could they? Let, if we're in the world of no Dame, could they get weird and talk about Tyler at the one with Richardson, Jimmy, Caleb, Bam? I'm I'm not totally on that wave yet. But I'll say this: in terms of Larry discussion, because we were talking about this before the show. In terms of now, when you're talking about Duncan in the deal, does that mean Kyle's not in the deal? Does that mean Kyle goes to in a separate deal for something? I don't really know. But hypothetically, he's still on the team in the case that they do get Dame. I mean, that's not the worst option to have for a one-year sample size. I know it's an intriguing piece because it's an expiring and there's, they could probably get something out of it. But, like, talking about the depth stuff and all this stuff about retaining role players, having that as your backup one, like, that is not the worst-case scenario, especially in a, in a situation where we are talking about Jamari Boye and Drew Smith as their backup point guard right now. So it's like having a guy like that that could sub in uh, – do stuff, I guess, in terms of in the regular season, carrying a load if guys go out. Uh, I don't know. It just makes sense in terms of if there was a scenario where they could keep him, I'm totally for that because I think they could really do with stuff with him as the backup one. But now in the Dame not being traded your scenario, I don't really know about the starting one or backup one. I don't know. It's still – it's an awkward position still going back to the former point. Alex, uh, <laughs> I mean, what do you do? I mean, and there's the other thing that Kyle – Look, obviously, Kyle's going to be professional. I mean, I, I would think if he's if he's back. I mean, he, he knows the deal. Um, and he's been through enough of this stuff. Uh, but, I mean, how – I don't know. I mean, they don't have another option to start <laughs> right now, right? I don't think no. they're going to get that weird. And that's the thing. I, 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 I'm 100% with Brady, except I'm even more into the idea of Kyle coming off the bench without Dane specifically where in that scenario i think because of what he was talking about there where it's like you have no other depth when it comes to bouye and drew smith you know even chase audige no shade to those guys i would like to see them around be a part of their system i i'm just skeptical that they're going to be ready to be a part of an nba rotation for a team that's you know been in the finals and the conference finals over the past few years like i i unless the heat just really love them like that's one thing i'll say if you see drew smith bouye Adige, any of these guards that we're talking about as their backup point to start the season, um, you know, given that they don't get Dame, that's because they really, really were impressed with what they saw. That that's how shocked I would be by that happening. And because of that, I, I'm I'm with it. Like I'm I'm with the idea of Kyle coming off of the bench and continuing in that role that we saw him thrive in um, throughout the season. I, I I like the idea of Tyler being the quote unquote one, but not the real one. And I understand. We've kind of done this thing before the second year when he started at point and everybody hated it. Everybody blamed him, said he's not a real point. I don't want to get into any of that conversation because I don't really think like it's kind of a I, I don't think that unit necessarily needs a real point guard. Like I, I don't think Gabe Vincent, you know, for, I love Gabe. I wanted him back. I think it would have been best for the team to bring him back on the number he signed on. I don't think that was necessarily his role of like getting everybody involved, mm-hmm. being the true point guard. That, that's not really what it was. So I'm not necessarily too worried about that. I would just start Tyler and then have a little bit more defensive versatility around him, like what, what Brady was saying, Jay Rich, Caleb, Caleb. I, I would be into that idea. You can kind of go with different versions of it. Um, unless, look, if they sign like a vet point guard like Ish Smith or something like that, you can go right back to Kyle at the one. But I think it's kind of um, best for everybody involved if he continues to come off the bench. I mean, can we fairly say this before we get to our last two items today? Uh, one of which we'll probably devote an entire extra episode to. But I mean, if if they don't get Dame, I mean, right now the the roster is is worse, right? Slightly. Than yes. It was. 
right? No, it's I, worse. It, it, it's it's worse because uh, well, let's go back to training camp last year, not from the end of the year, but there was real hope for Oladipo. So if you're just looking at what they took to the Bahamas, okay, we didn't know Yurt wasn't going to contribute anything, but we thought he'd be part of the rotation. But there was real hope for Oladipo, particularly coming out of camp. And you had Struess and Vincent coming off playing key roles the previous year. And now both of them, you know, had up and down seasons to certain degrees, but again, contributed during a, a rough a finals run. So no Struess, no Vincent, no promise of Oladipo, right? You have Kevin Love, you have Josh Richardson, you have Thomas Bryant. A little more size. Okay, I'm not going to include Cody because he wasn't there at the beginning of training camp last year. I mean, I to me, Josh is the best player of that entire group in terms of what he's going to contribute. Does anybody disagree with that? Or maybe what they thought they were going to get from Oladipo maybe might, might have been better? Than Max? No, Max? I'm saying the best player of of the six. Okay, so go to go to last training camp. You, uh-huh. had, you had Max, you had Gabe, and you had Oladipo and the promise of what Oladipo could return to for you, right? Yep. And this time you have Love, because again, I'm going back to last training camp. You didn't have last training camp. Yep. You have Love, you have Bryant, and you have Josh. Yeah. Is is Josh the best player of those six in terms of what he's going to provide here? How would you rank those six? it's tough because i don't know what roles everyone's gonna be in and kevin love feels like he kind of uh it's a he's in a weird spot because you can't like because they finished with him i feel like most fans are gonna include him in the bring back even though you're thinking back to last training camp i would just say that like in totality the group that was at training camp included gabe vincent and max struce and this group does not and Josh Richardson and Thomas Bryant does not make up for losing Max Struths and Gabe Vincent. It just right. doesn't. And right. and having Kevin Love is our, was already a thing. So last training camp, while I understand your positioning, it wasn't really – that's not really incremental to the total because they're already operating with Kevin Love at the end of the – you know, the end of last season. So to me, you're coming in with a worse team – with a lot of question marks, without buy-in from everyone, with Kyle Lowry starting at point guard when you know that that was already not something that could work for 82 games and no real backup, and you're going to be paralyzed to the point of when do you make veterans minimum signings to fill out this roster? You got three spots open. So I just think like all that unfinished business, it, it just the heat, there's going to come a point where the Heat are going to have to like say, okay, we got to get this bleep done. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what Cronin's counting on, which is why I say that the, the card that has to be played, someone in concert with the Heat, of course, even if it's not overtly stated, is Dame sits out of camp in Portland. Because if Dame, if Dame sits in camp in Portland, then all the pressure shifts there because that's where the media will go. And to, so that's why I have said repeatedly that this is all about Dame staying strong. If Dame is okay with the noise and the way that his reputation is going to be tarred and feathered here and all the rest of this over the, for him, you know, being a, a malcontent, even though again, James Harden's doing this for the 55th time. Um, if, as long as he can handle this. Okay. I think the heat are fine. As long as he's willing to take whatever steps are required to shift the leverage to the heat. And his agent is obviously savvy enough to assist him in this. And Dame has the national media outlets 
on his side to allow him a little bit of space here, the Heat will win this thing eventually. That's my view on it. If Dame wavers at all, the Heat are effed. That, that's the way I view it. If he wavers at all, if he opens the door and says, well, I don't know, Toronto, which is a team that's out there a lot today because they have some pieces, okay, and Masai knows how to get this kind of deal done. All right, eh, Kawhi went there and won. If, if that starts to seep in at all, or the Philly situation, MB gets on a call with him and says, come on, give this thing a shot here for a year. If not, you try. I'm just saying that's where this gets tricky. But as long yeah. as Dame stays solid and is willing to take it to the end, which means he's willing to say, listen, I did everything I could, Joe. I'm not going to be at the start of camp. Okay. Make the threat four days before. And for and put the ball in Portland's court and force Portland to say, okay, we're gonna have this circus here at our training camp for our young players like Shane and Sharp and like Scoot, and where the focus at Media Day should be turned and all that. And instead it's gonna be on the guy who's not here. Dame has to be willing to be the bad guy just for a little bit. Because as soon as he gets to Miami, he's gonna be the bad guy regardless anyway, because it's Miami. So he just needs to he just needs to take that to the nth degree. And he'll be fine. All right, I want to I want to touch on two other quick things here. We'll just use rapid more rapid fire because the second one I really do want to do an episode on. Um, Haywood Highsmith had his contract uh, guaranteed. Um, all in favor, right? Like, guy earned it. For sure, he may be starting if he's not careful. <laughs> he may be playing point if he's not careful uh, at at this point. But a good story, a good story. Steal, the, I, I think I think the thing with Hays- Haywood is. <coughs> Maybe there aren't as many limitations as we thought Um, because we knew what he could do pretty well, uh, but he did those things at a high level. And it does seem like there's a little bit, I mean, would anybody be surprised if we see, I'm not never going to be a primary scorer, but, but do we think he can do more offensively, Alex, I guess than maybe we saw this year. Uh, That's actually a good question. I'm, I'm not so sure. I'm really not. I'll, I'll, (laughs) I'll pick up. He'll pass me the ball. I'll just say, in terms of the offensive limitations thing, like I think he could be like a high level three, three and D player. That's kind of what he's been able to do. If he could just kind of have that a little bit more in his bag and just, I guess a little bit more closer to Caleb than PJ, because I've ever immediately last year, he was talking about a lot of carrying some of the stuff PJ did, but I think now it's like, can you lean on some of the stuff Caleb does in terms of off ball movement in a way that PJ didn't or some of that stuff? I don't think he's going to be out here running pick and rolls. I don't think he's going to be in isolation at all. So in terms of that improvement, I don't think so, but I think it's just about rounding out the other parts of his game. And look, the more minutes he gets, the better he has looked in any part of the season. It was a regular season and looking in the playoffs, he got thrown in the mix in a game here, a game here in Boston. And he more he played, the better he looked. So if he's in a position where all of a sudden he's starting at the four in, a, in this scenario where Dame's in Miami, I, I really like that idea. Just because forgetting the offensive stuff, I just think he's that special defensively. All right, Greg, I want to end on this one, but I really feel like we're going to do more on this. Um, Heat fans kind of freaked out on Twitter because uh, Dwayne Wade is having Allen Iverson present him at his Hall of Fame ceremony. And um, I honestly was surprised. I'll just – you know, I'll just put it that it's just, it's, it's an interesting choice for a whole bunch of reasons, but he fans freaked out because they, they see it as more distance between him and the heat organization. Cause why would he not, I, I don't know that he would have picked Pat. I, I thought he could have picked 
you know, you know, someone else who was associated with the heat. Maybe and first thing, do you, do you have, it's, it doesn't have to be a hall of famer to present you. Correct. It does okay, have to so be a hall of famer. So like that's, if okay. you think around the organization, cause I did this exercise. Cause at first I was you like you, I was surprised. It could be Riley. It could be Alonzo. It could be LeBron. No, it can't it, be LeBron. Oh, well, yeah, because he's not in yet. Thank you. Right. Uh, he, it could be Chris Bosh. Right. Um, and that's basically the list of guys from the Heat that it could be. Okay. So then, like, he's looking around elsewhere. And Iverson was always the guy. He wore number three because of AI. He always patented his game after AI. He would say that was, like, the guy he watched along with Michael Jordan, et cetera. So um, I think Heat fans are getting a little over-emotional because of the Utah Jazz connections and the lack of him ever getting in the ownership group here, et cetera. So this is just another one of those things where they're seeing him not walking hand in hand with the Heat organization as we kind of wish he would the way Alonzo Mourning does today. And so, but if you really look at the list of guys it could have been, I don't know that Zoe or Pat or CB were the right guys for him necessarily. I guess everyone can make their own, um, you know, their own observation on that, but I don't think those, those three guys were the ones. Well, I, I think if, if, okay. From a ceremonial purpose, having Pat present him after the way that things kind of went down in 16 and, and then him coming back, I think would have been a nice finishing touch for heat fans. Um, CB is a close friend of his still. I mean, that was, they became, the funny thing about him and CB was he became extremely tight with CB when LeBron left. Um, and so that's, and, you know, and they were at dinner the other night, a little surprised by that. Uh, but the AI thing here, uh, as we close and Alice, I'll let, I'll let you handle this. What's funny about AI is that he played his first ever game against him. Wore the same number. Um, but I remember when Iverson was in the later stages of his career and I was at a golf tournament uh, that, that Dwayne was, was hosting and I asked him about AI and he was like, no, no, no. Like I, I, so that's why I was surprised. I don't know if it was because they, you know, again, at that point, Iverson didn't have a lot left to offer as a player. Um, but I always saw them as a little bit different in terms of the way that they handled things as players. And I know AI has been one of the guys that has been very um, generous about the new generation. He's not one of the, these, uh, these hall of fame types. Who's always saying our, our, our play was better. You know, like you hear from Charles or Shaq, AI is like the opposite about that. He's embraced all those guys. And so they love him. So I think it's a nice choice in that respect, but I was, I was, I guess I was a little surprised. I was a little surprised too, but I, I think what you hit on there at the end is really what it's about. Um, the type of love that he shows to everybody. Um, I know Dwayne has spoken before about like AI being one of those guys he watched as he came up and um, you know, you mentioned you know, wearing the number three, all of that. There's been the videos going floating around social media of them embracing each other uh, at different times. And I, I really do think it comes back to that of like showing love theme because that that's been something that's been widely reported Um and, and I think that's kind of what it's all about for Dwayne. Obviously, I'm just kind of speculating from the outside what it seems to me. He's when you think about Allen Iverson, like a lot of people will talk about him as one of the most influ influential players of his generation of all time, whatever you want to say. Like, I, I think it's kind of a fitting pick. I, I don't think Dwayne Wade's Hall of Fame induction should all be about the Miami Heat. <laughs> I know, I know that's what this podcast is about. I, I think it would have been cool, right? If it was Pat, if it was CB. You could even throw in Shaq because, you know, that's kind of how the whole thing started with, with his resume and winning championships, all of that. AI, to me, is a cool pick. 
everybody has a lot of love for AI. AI has a lo lot of love for everybody. And I think it's a cool way for him to kind of, you know, put a bow on his career. Yeah, I, I don't know necessarily. The Sha You made, made a good point here as we close. You made a good point about Shaq uh, and how that's kind of how it started for him with the Heat um, in terms of winning championships, obviously, because, you know, he, he was already building a, a legacy uh, in his rookie season without him in terms of winning that first round series. Um, but I don't know necessarily that if it was Shaq, Heat fans would feel it was that much more associated with the Heat because of the way the Shaq left. So, you know, and again, a lot of that has been repaired over time. But I think Heat fans are just sensitive to everything Dwayne right now. And I look if Dwayne doesn't thank Pat in his in his induction speech, then yes, we have a we have a conversation. But I, if I he don't was think a part he, owner right now or a minority owner of the Heat right now, I don't think any of this. Would no even, would would, we wouldn't even be talking about it right now. No, nobody nobody would care. All right, thanks to Brady, uh, thanks to Alex, thanks to Greg, thanks to our sponsors, OceansFinest.com, Mark Brown, PA, Better Edge, use code five RSN, Prize Picks, use code five. Have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.